Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. My name is Andy Dawson. My name's Sam Delaney. And this is the season of the Premier League 2007-2008. Um, let's just get on with it, shall we, Sam? Yeah. You know, there's a box of delights in front of us. Let's loosen the ribbon. Open the box, see what's inside. Mm. Oh, no, that's not what I wanted, Mum. Well, you get a fucking voucher next year, then. Yeah, I wanted a frozen rat like last year. No, no more frozen rats. Right. Manchester United made a few signings. They had won the Premier League the season before, I think. So they thought, fuck it, let's treat ourselves. Yeah, let's let's get some presents for ourselves. They bought Owen Hargreaves, Mm -hmm. uh, Nanny, Mm. Anderson. (laughs) Nanny! (laughs) Forgotten how funny Nanny as a name is, Mm. because... He came, and then he went, mm. and probably when he first arrived and you first heard him, you thought, Nanny, that's hilarious, but you get very used to it very quickly, silly yeah. names, don't yeah, you? Yeah. But now that I haven't heard it in a while, you think, his name was Nanny. You reacted in the correct way there. Nanny! Yeah. Nanny! Here's Nanny! On the wing. <laughs> and he was, yeah, he was a funny man all round, really, wasn't he, Nanny? He was. With his stepovers and yeah. all the rest of it. And very little else. Anderson, who was arguably worse. Mm. And Carlos Tevez. Yeah, of course. Of that one season at, Man- at West Ham, at West Ham, well, Carlos Tevez had scored the most iconic goal in his, arguably in his in the history football, of Manchester United in, in his football career, <laughs> right at on the last day of the previous season yeah. for West Ham, the to goal that kept up. us up. Yeah, and then the fucker goes straight off to United in the summer. But funnily enough, it's one of those ones where, I mean, you know, as has been well documented, if players leave West Ham. The self-righteous cockneys <laughs> get the right fucking arsehole about it. What the? Who does he think he is? It's a betrayal. He's a Judas, right? He had everything he could have wanted here. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had fucking a lot. He could go down the dogs. He could go up west shopping with his Doris if he wanted. Three pie and mash for life. Yeah, he had fucking as many cockles as he could fucking with, swallow. With with all the liquor he could put on it. And what they got in Manchester to compare with that is a fucking joke. Fucking stone roses. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, sometimes that's how we get when, in the case of Frank Lampard and Paul Lintz being the best cases. Tevez is one of those ones <laughs> where you just think, well done, mate. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks. All the best. Yeah. You're going to United. At least you haven't signed for Spurs or Chelsea or Millwall, <laughs> who could have come in for him, I suppose. Um, and you go, you go to Manchester United. Yeah, to be honest, mate, you deserve to be at Manchester United. We love you. Goodbye. All the best. And that's how it was. That's how it was with, no, with no, Tevez. No hard and it, feelings. And it has happened with other players as well, like, you know, Rio Ferdinand, even Joe Cole, who went Julian to Chelsea. Dix. Where you went to Liverpool? Fucking Julian Dix. I mean, Julian Dix was loved so much. If he came back with Liverpool, you half wanted Liverpool to win <laughs> as long as Julian Dix was scoring for them. It was like he was just on loan to Liverpool. Yeah, he, he was basically on loan to back, Liverpool. And he did, didn't he? 
Oh, God, there's some great stories about him and Sunes, but we'll do that another day. <laughs> Sounds like a separate series. Yeah, he was all that, like, drinking cans of Coke before a, a, a yeah. game and at half-time. He liked all that. It was very John Hartson, welcome to hell. It's like chewing a golf ball at 10-3. to three. Yeah. Uh, at Chelsea, they brought in Florent Maluda. They spent a lot yeah. of money on I haven't done enough research to remember how much. I think it was about 11 and a half, something like that, which, which is quite a lot days. of the time. Whoa. And uh, he was no good. Um, Fernando Torres signed for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Thierry and he Henry. was good Thierry Henry left Arsenal went off okay, to Barcelona now. so that was the end of an era that can be the bit where we say goodbye to someone in each episode that can be Thierry Henry yeah, we'll that's do that, that out of the way yeah. uh, he didn't sort of that say prick. Fence like he, he came he did fuck all and then he fucked off to Barcelona for the money mercenary where is he now don't know yeah. and um, Arsenal brought in Eduardo yeah. who they thought might kind of replace Henry uh, that didn't really work out though Manchester City it all got very interesting. Uh, enter Taksin Shinawatra, the, the the multi-millionaire, uh, and he was a, a politician, a president of somewhere, or Thailand or something like that. Again, haven't done enough research on this, uh, but he brought Sven Goran Eriksson in as his first move to usher Fucking in the new hell, era. That seems much City. longer ago, but anyway, well, I'm not. I'm not questioning 11, it. Eleven years ago, I'm questioning my own grasp on reality and time that was when everything changed at Manchester City Sunderland were back in the Premier League with uh, Roy Keane at the helm obviously he got us promoted in one season uh, after we'd gone down on a 15 point season before that but he, he came back in and we were the first match of the season on the Saturday lunchtime uh, at home against Spurs and we won 1-0 with a 94th minute goal from Michael Chopra who we'd signed from Newcastle controversially he was a bit of a character wasn't he he was Chopra. a bit of a character if you enjoy uh, being addicted to gambling yeah he was quite fat and loved to gamble but yeah. some of the greatest players have fitted that description yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, you look at Paul Merson great player fat, fat loved to gamble did, yeah Gaza fat loved to did he gamble a lot Gaza Gaza and Maradona were more drinkers well yeah. I think Maradona's thing is iron filings yeah and by the way, did you see the clip of Maradona doing the rounds the this Mexican week? Mexican interview. What do you know about Me, the Mexican league? Uh, <laughs> well, it's fucking great. He knew what he was doing. It was like one of those, you know, when you go on the radio and you go on long wave and you intercept something and you think it might be like spy signals that's yeah. being sent. He said it loud, didn't he? I, uh, I think he might have been like a fax. Like a fax, yeah, exactly. He might have been communicating like. Do you know what I mean? He might have been communicating with his... Uh, I don't know if he's working for the Chinese or the Russians. It could have yeah. been a Manchurian candidate type thing. Might have been. We'll Code. find out for a few mm. years. It might be after his death. The point we're making the is... Truth comes out. The best, most of the best footballers of all time are fat addicts. Yeah. Faddicts, I call Fadicts. them. And you're including Michael Chopper in that, are you? Uh, yeah. yeah um, one of the best players of all time. Yeah, fuck it. All right. Yeah, he was. Brilliant. This is it! Into August, into the start of the season, Arsenal won eight of their first nine games, so losing Thierry Henry wasn't that much of a hardship. Um, Emmanuel Adebayor got among the goals. He got um, two in a, a derby against Spurs in the 3-1 win. Now, that, that wasn't the one where he went nuts and, and ran the full length of pitch and celebrated. That was when he... Was that when he played for Spurs against Arsenal? He, he played... Against Arsenal it? for City. No, it was, it was when he was City. at City. It was when he was at That's City right. he did he, the the pitch run. Yeah, well, he, he was still quite friendly with the Arsenal fans mm. when this was happening. So he, he was a, a worthy replacement for Thierry Henry. Uh, September. Shock horror. 
Jose Mourinho leaves Chelsea. They'd only managed to pick up 11 points from their first six matches. 11 points out of a possible 18 after he'd won them two Premier League titles. And then... That's, yeah, that's not fucking bad. It's not I bad. think he had a bad result in Europe, I remember, against an obscure team. And mm. that, that triggered it. But, you know, people said he'd fallen out with John Terry and all sorts. It's hard to really remember. It's hard to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Just him really falling out with some players. What's weird is him leaving and then them getting Avram Grant. That's the thing, yeah. Avram Grant came in uh, and everyone went, obviously, Avram who? Yeah. Um, this is before Avram Grant got caught up in the red light scene on industrial estates his wife have we talked about that we have yeah, yeah his we, wife. Can, we can touch on it again she was just like really understanding about yeah. it wasn't she he needs to unwind everyone needs to unwind uh, once in a while you know Avram is a good man a loyal husband he brings home the bacon he brings it's on the bacon stressful business though I football don't, management I do not like to fillet a man anymore at no, my age no. it's not good he, re- he, he looks he, a lot he like he still wants to be filleted what can you do <laughs> That is the thing about men. But he... Um, <laughs> they always want to be filleted. Always with the filleted. Everywhere they go. It's a strange a thing. I want to put my penis in a mouth. It's not... <laughs> it is strange, yes, but that is the way men are. So, Look at the animal kingdom, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Actually yeah. not. You never <laughs> see on Attenborough no. any blowies. No, there's very little cocksucking goes on. So actually it is a human construct. It's a cultural construct. Perhaps Attenborough, perhaps it does go on. Attenborough has been collecting footage for over 45 years of animal blowjobs, which is only going to be released after his death, posthumously. Well, he's done it all, hasn't he? He's done Blue Planet. (laughs) Yeah. He's done Planet Earth. Mammals, he's done plants. At the moment, he's done dynasties. He's running out of fucking subjects. He's done them all, but you know that bit at the end? Big cats, insects. Where they show 10 minutes about the filming of 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 the episode, yeah. Mm. That's that's. I am David Attenborough. If you're watching this, I am dead. <laughs> Throughout but, my entire career, my privileged time making some of the the greatest natural history documentaries and television programs ever broadcast, I have been collecting a separate side file <laughs> of animals blowing each other off for the next for the next fifty weeks here on BBC Four. I'll be showing you some of the greatest oral sex in the animal and plant kingdom. <laughs> Triffids. Venus flytraps. <laughs> Here we see a Venus flytrap sucking off a dandelion. <laughs> Natural intense. It'll all be in a vault and after, yeah. de- after his death it'll all become a... Next week... Lions. <laughs> a lion sucking off a panther. It sounds unimaginable, but it happens. <laughs> Throughout my career, I have hidden this from you, the public, the viewing public. It's going to be kind of like, like, like all the Savile stuff coming out after his death, but this is more acceptable. Yeah, people were Because he's not getting involved in it, he's just watching people it. People were like, he's a voyeur. Look. He didn't feel comfortable with it. He was from a generation where yeah. blowies weren't a big thing that but, you were discussing. But yeah. he did know it was an important part of the story he wanted to yeah. tell. But that's why he insisted, I don't. I just want this to be broadcast once yeah. I'm dead. He appreciated historical uh, value and that it should be shown, but not, you know, we weren't ready for it yet. Mm. I, I think, he's, I think he's done the right thing. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a sad day when he dies, but will, at but least we, look that, that, that will it? sweeten the pill. It will do, yeah. Cherry on the kick. Yeah, so that's um, so Chelsea. That's, that's, that's Avram Grant. <laughs> poor, 
Portsmouth 7, Reading 4. Yeah. Fucking hell. You remember Madness. that? Madness. No. I remember that, but I think it was trailed on Match of the Day. You know, the bit at like nine o'clock where Lineker rocks up before casualty and goes, yeah, coming up on Match of the Day, we've got this, that and the other. This and that. This and that. And um, I think he just had a big smile on his face and he just said something like, one of the most amazing matches you'll ever see. I think it might be one of them nights where I didn't know what the results were or I'd sort of kept it, kept Match of the Day fresh. And then when I sat and watched it, I was like, whoa, fucking hell, man. 7-4. 7-4 is... It's silly, isn't it? It's ridiculous. Ludicrous. I think I've seen a 5-4. I think I've seen a 5-3 or something. 5-5. Fergie's last match was a 5-5, wasn't it? West Brom away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Fucking have that. Uh, See you later, cunts. Fucking football, you cunts. (laughs) I could have done that at any time. I waited till the end. (laughs) 5-5. Fuck you. Good night, Vienna. <laughs> Good luck, Moisey. <laughs> so, yeah, 7-4. I don't know who scored or anything, but it was Portsmouth and Reading, so, um, you know, we're not really arsed, are we? October nah. and the uh, cavalcade of managerial sackings and job changes began. Some call it a merry-go-round. Who knows? Yeah. Sammy Lee was the first one to go. He uh, he left Bolton. He'd stayed behind when Allardyce left Bolton at the end of the previous season to go to Newcastle. Sammy Lee could have gone with him, I imagine, but decided this was his chance. I think Allardyce had possibly groomed him for the role and, you know, it was that coronation yeah. kind of thing. Big Sam's off. Little Sam can stay behind, but they keep his hand on the wheel and all of that. So he lasted like three months. Yeah, I mean, Bolton... I mean, there's certain managers in clubs. It's like when Kerbishley left Charlton, yeah, they disappeared off the it face was, of the earth. Yeah. And when and it, and it, and really, the same happened with Bolton and Big Sam. They struggled on for a couple of years, but well, Gary Megson came in. What yeah, can you do exactly, with that? What exactly. can you do? I think little Sammy Lee did keep the the Bluetooth earpiece that Sam Allardyce had pioneered. So he kept. There was that continuity. Between Big Sam and Little Sam, the the Bluetooth earpiece was still very much a part of the the uh, the setup. I don't know who he was communicating with. Yeah, he might have been receiving signals from Maradona. To be honest, it might not have even had batteries in or anything. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can get ones that are just like empty plastic shells, like them security cameras you can get for your house. So yeah, I mean, about. I wear it sometimes because yeah. it's a good way of avoiding conversations with people. Yeah, you can pretend at any point that you are having a business conversation yeah, and just start muttering and then you just hold one single index finger up. As to say, sorry, can't talk now, busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go away. This is it! At Spurs, Martin Yoll was sacked uh, during a match. Was it, I think it was a UEFA Cup tie or something like that and the word spread around the crowd at about half-time that he was, he'd been sacked. Daniel Levy announced it on the big screen. <laughs> is that how, half that's time. how it went down? Yeah. He came on the pitch yeah. with... I can't remember what Spurs supporting celebrity it was. It may have been Kenneth Branagh. You know, the, you know they get it the celebrity... It would not have been Chaz Hodges. No, but Chaz and Dave did do a song. At the called end. Goodbye Martin. <laughs> yeah, oh, goodbye, goodbye Martin. Martin. We've had a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my beer and sideboard here. Martin Yell, he's not queer. <laughs> lovely, lovely lyrics. It's rather confused, but all the same, I think they probably meant a lot to Martin. Yeah, it was a strange way to do away with the manager. Yeah. Uh, the chairman on the pitch with Sir Kenneth Branagh. And I think uh, Levy had um, a magic wand 
that he waved in the air and then he pointed it at the big screen. <laughs> and just as he pointed it, the thing flashed up. Martin Yaw has been sacked. Yeah. As Yol was sat in the dugout. Martin Yaw was like... The second half to kick off. You know, it's never nice to lose your job, <laughs> but uh, if you've got to go... At least I went in a memorable went way. In style, eh? It was I, nice. It was nice. And Ch- Chaz and Dave did a great song about me. With hindsight, it was a super send-off. <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> when he he, he absolutely loved it on this, on this podcast. <laughs> and he was replaced by Juan de Ramos. Yeah, that was who a mistake. Was fucking useless. We'll find out more about that probably in a future episode. Into November, the managerial sackings continued with pace and vigor. Uh, Chris Hutchings was sacked by Wigan. Wigan, of course, had made the mistake that Bradford City made by getting Chris Hutchings in to replace Paul Jewell. Was that exactly what happened at Bradford? It was, wasn't it? It was Paul We've Jewell. We've talked about it, haven't we? Paul Jewell was at Bradford, that's yeah. for sure. And then he left, and his Chris assistant Hutchins. was Chris Hutchins, and he took over. And we talked about it because we were saying about yeah. how they were sort of unattractive. I'm looking at something now because it seems implausible. Now the managers are attractive. Yeah, and we were talking about the season where happened at Bradford, and Bradford invested in old-fashioned, ugly managers. Yeah, they had a succession of them. Yeah, because they went Jewel, Hutchins, Jeffries. That's right. Like fat, ruddy-faced, unattractive and, men who who dined only on sausage rolls, and on, and also all men that looked as if they were someone wearing the face of someone else. Yeah, correct. Which so was that. always mysterious. Yeah, Hutchins took charge of Bradford after Jewel moved to Sheffield Wednesday. And he only lasted 21 games. Uh, he won one match out of 12 Premier League matches before being sacked. So then Wigan saw that as an ideal blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> when Paul Jewell once again up sticks and fucked off. Uh, so yeah, they went. Well, they called it the Bradford technique. The Bradford technique. Execute the Bradford technique. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that? The Wigan Act- chairman was, J- was J- JJB Sportsman, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he broke his leg in the cup final. <laughs> and I forgot his name now. Yeah. Oh. He was I didn't like him because he was one of the guys who, who wanted to put together a um what do they call it when a group of people get a co- together? A consortium? No, no, a gr- a group legal action. Oh right, a class action. A class action against West Ham. Dave he Whelan. Was, he Dave Whelan, he was one of the ringleaders and I thought he was a kindly old gentleman. Just a typical <laughs> multi millionaire northern lad. Who was the class action against you? A, Against West Ham, yeah. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Not against me personally. personally. Jalapeno. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jalapeño. Although I do you know what I did once? I was at we went to Wigan Athletic West Ham mm. in a stretch limousine. Oh. Because Cockney bastards. Yeah, it was great Cockney. All the way from London. Yeah. Oh, you sick bastard! We all got in the in the thing that drove us all the way up to Wigan. Thought it'd be a great day out. Of course, yeah. you don't really think it through because you need to piss really badly yeah. all the way through, and um, and you keep having to stop loads. And by the time you get to Wigan, you've all fallen out of each other, got annoyed, got moody, like rock bands and, do. And, yeah, and then you've got to go all the way back in silence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, on the way back before it got like that, I. R- completely pissed I decided to ring up I think Five Live or it might even be TalkSport <laughs> and pretend to be a Wigan fan praising how good the West Ham away support have been do you know that about 77% of all phone-in calls regarding football are by rival fans pretending to be it, it really I think so yeah, yeah well I did listen it listen to them next time yeah I on. did it and I went ah but, you know it'd be easy if it was a London club but I was doing like a Wigan accent which as you know I mean my Wigan accent would have no nuance it would just you be just generic Shahid Khan the Fulham chair yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> yeah I'm a Wigan fan my name's um, I don't know Dusty Paul. Fanny yeah <laughs> Fanny Dust Anyway, I uh, just want to say the West Ham fans were fucking top-notch. i never seen fans like them. Makes me wish I was in from West Ham. I mean, they were just amazing. They came here and took place. I mean, we've had Millwall up here. They're pathetic by comparison. Joke club. West Ham fans, they're absolutely sensational. Anyway, ta And I managed to get away with the whole thing. I don't know whether they bought it because I was very slurry oh, as well. Content. They're a lot of being bothered. They yeah. didn't swear and it filled some time. They'll have been fine with it. Yeah. So that was my memory of Wigan. I also the, like to wind down point. the window, like in uh, Wayne. I think it's in Wayne's world when you arrive in a stretch limo in Wigan City Centre. Mm. I wind down the window and say to uh, the tinted window, and yeah. the woman who's in the car next to us at the lights said, "Hello, pet," and I went, "Pardon me, do you have any grey poupon?" <laughs> Which is always a good thing to say out the window of a limousine in a northern town. Yeah, anywhere really, yeah. but particularly up north. Yeah, yeah, I love it up there. Yeah, they find it a, hilarious. We, we we hired a minibus to go to Burnley once, yeah. Burnley match, and uh, we got the the driver got fucking lost, I think, and it was about twenty to three, and we were just on the outskirts of Burnley, and mm. there was this police car in a roundabout, and they pulled us over and says, "We'll give you an escort in, excellent, to Turf Moor." Because you're obviously you're running late, which is lovely. Of them. That's a fucking incredible thing yeah, for the got, police. So we got do. a police escort in, and just as we. One of my mates decided he really needed a piss, so he stood at the back of the bus and he was pissing into a Carlin Black Label can. Yeah. Just as we came off the motorway and into an urban conurbation yeah. where we had to drive quite slowly and there was people walking past and things, so they were all watching him pissing into this can of Carlin as we were getting a police escort. That's lovely. Burnley. It's a very evocative. It's almost Cold War Steve-esque. Yeah, I'd love to have seen a painting of that. Hogarthian. Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> I wish if you'd had your watercolours and your easel with you, 
Or more, I say it more as an oil. Believe it or not, so it's still etched on my brain. Yeah, so well, you could, could still easily, do it. I could quite easily. Maybe you could do that. If we do a charity Christmas thing this year, <laughs> like a live event or an auction, you could win one of Andy Dawson's original oil paintings, man pissing in can. Yeah, on outskirts of Burnley. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, Wigan uh, decided to deploy the uh, to activate the Bradford plan. And it went exactly as you'd expect. Uh, after six consecutive defeats, Chris Hutchins was sacked uh, on 5th of November 2007. So he'd, he'd lasted just uh, 12 Premiership games. Again, <laughs> he lasted 12 Premiership games at Bradford, yeah. 12 at Wigan. So that kind of went exactly as you'd expect. Uh, th- then Wigan got in Steve Bruce and you know, enjoyed forgotten about that. an upturn in fortunes as a result. So that was good because Bruce came from Birmingham who yeah. he was he was doing all right with them in the Premier League, not that well. And then Birmingham brought in Alex McLeish to replace Steve Bruce. Bruce has had a fucking um, like a very long career at a large number of decent sized yeah. clubs, and hasn't he? Not really achieved anything of note at any. Of them. I, I think if you get Steve Bruce as a manager, I mean, you know, you've been through it, but you kind of think. I mean, I think he comes across as a nice, a likable bloke. Obviously, yeah. in Sunderland, it was a tough one because. He was regarded as a Newcastle fan, but but you know you sort of do it in the spirit of well, we know he won't be total shit. Yeah, you, you always get a bounce with him, and then you get yeah. a slump afterwards. He'll be, he won't, he won't be totally shit, but eventually he'll just have to go. Yeah, and I think a chairman would hire him. That like if West Ham were desperate tomorrow, and we signed Steve Bruce as manager, I wouldn't. It's impossible yeah. to get angry about it, like yeah. some people do over like Sam Allardyce getting appointed manager. Yeah, Bruce is just like. Yeah, nice bloke. It'll kill some time. Yeah, that's basically. He's also it. best. He's actually best friends with. Um, he's best friends with Sam Allardyce. I think. Is he? Yeah, oh, they love having. They love going out for a sausage roll together. Can I just say? Can I just correct you there? That Sunderland fans did not take against Steve Bruce because he was a Geordie or a Newcastle. It's because he was shit. He was from um, way up in Northumberland. He wasn't dyed in the wool, Geordie. He used that as the excuse. Oh, I was never given the chance. They, yeah, they, yeah, they all because because I was a Geordie and we weren't fucking asked. He bought he bought Darren Bent and Darren Bent scored twenty four goals in the Premier League for us. Yeah, we thought he was great. He got us to tenth in the Premier League one season. Yeah, and then it started to go tits up. And that's why we turned against him. But fuck yeah. all to do with where he was born. Yeah, all fans can reserve the right to turn against the manager when things start to go, start for to go a bit wrong. For any reason they want. Yeah, anything, really. That's how it works. Yeah. Some managers... I mean, so Sam Allardyce was... I, got, I sort of, in a way, respect him because what Sam Allardyce did was he actively antagonised his own fans almost <laughs> the whole time he was there at West Ham. He basically spent the whole time saying, West Ham are shit. Yeah. I don't know what they expect. They're shit. They've always been shit. They're lucky to have me here considering they're still shit. This West Ham way you've got is oh. bullshit. He was, he, he was, he, he, yeah, he wasn't. He just called us shit constantly. He said it was a shit club. Even when he'd been there, like for quite a few years, he was still like, he'd go, "This is a shit club. <laughs> the fans are idiots and deluded, and also their whole history is pathetic." <laughs> and he'd be like, "Mate, why, why are you saying these things?" Uh, and then he did it at Everton as well. That's it. Yeah. Another club that's got a weird about the Everton way the yeah. West Ham way Allardyce comes in and crushes them he loves it he relishes it yeah. he relishes crushing it oh you've got a way of playing have you fuck that the school of science it's the Sam yeah but I've never understood what that means the school of science it was from the 1960s I think someone yeah but what fucking that. science what are yeah, they talking about I don't know stupid this, this is it Wigan 5 Blackburn 3 in December as well Marcus Bent for Wigan and Roque Santa Cruz for Blackburn both scored hat-tricks do you remember how gorgeous Roque Santa Cruz was oh, he's got to be beautiful. one of the most 
good-looking players to have ever played in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, definitely. Up there, who else would be out there? Patrick Berger. Yeah. He's got to be one of the best-looking. Be- Bex, obviously. Do you know what I'd love to see? Right. I mean, this might be possible with um, video editing facilities and all yeah. that sort of thing. And not now, but in years to come. Rocky Santa Cruz mm. being sucked off by a Venus flytrap. Oh, yeah, that'd be gorgeous. I mean, if Attenborough has done some, some films about Premier League footballers, beautiful mm. Premier League footballs, and kept that secret as well, they could you know, marry together the footage. Do you remember a player who played for West Ham briefly called Disco Danny? Yes, he was just he called was gorgeous Danny. As well, wasn't he, he was called Danny, and we signed him from like somewhere like Sport in Lisbon. Redknapp signed him, and he was supposed to actually be a brilliant player, but he never quite delivered on the pitch. But he was so gorgeous yeah. that it wasn't like with Berger and Roque Santa Cruz. People talked about them as players, but mm. then all said they're good looking. Yeah, Danny, it was like he was so good looking. It was sort of like he's you know people just were only interested in that. I think the quote from Harry Redknapp was, I didn't know whether to sign him or fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) So I did both. (laughs) Yeah, I did it both. I mean, Sandra weren't happy, obviously. But, you know, she said, uh, you know what men are like. You know, they've got their needs. And I'm too old to be doing that kind of thing now. So when Danny came along... It was better than now catching me uh, with my cock inside a cactus again. Uh, <laughs> Harry's put the, bringing home the bacon, putting food <laughs> on the table, so, you know, I turn a blind eye. <laughs> oh, January. Arsenal were top of the table. They'd only lost once in the first 21 matches. And Sam Allardyce, who'd left Bolton for Newcastle, then left Newcastle because Mike Ashley came in, uh, decided Sam Allardyce wasn't his kind of manager. And who did he bring back? It is only Kevin Keegan. Oh, fuck you now. But I think we should not speak about Kevin Keegan in this episode because from next week on, we're going to be doing a, a deep, deep dive, dive into the Kevin Keegan autobiography. And our Kevin Keegan autobiography deep dive will, of course, cover all aspects of his career and his second spell with Newcastle, yeah. which was very eventful very and controversial, eventful will be covered in depth. Probably in, I imagine, episode 53. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Of the, Brace the yourselves. Keegan deep it's dive. Gonna, it's going to make the Roy Keane deep dive not seem deep at all. Look like it's a gonna, Janet and John. It's going to be like paddling by comparison. <laughs> oh, God. Into February, uh, as I said, Arsenal were top of the league. They were flying. But then Eduardo had that horrific leg break against Birmingham, mm. which I think they, they, they refused to show on TV because it was so harrowing and there was players kind of vomiting left right and centre and and uh, I think some and yet klaxon they, went and, off and yet they show the one show five times a week with a, and no one fucking bats an eyelid <laughs> I mean you know they were it's, who, who are the people making these decisions I don't watch the one show their leg breaks on it regularly all the time yeah there's fucking plants celebrity, sucking each other off leg left break, right and centre yeah there you go, and we'll be fine. Coming up on today's show, we'll be seeing a cactus suck off a yucca plant. <laughs> and one lucky celebrity will be having their leg broken. In the studio. By Matt, what's his name, Matt off Baker. of Country File. Matt Baker. Today's right. <laughs> we've Right, we've had all sorts of people. We've had some great, we've been lucky enough to have some great guests today. We've had David Attenborough. We've had Christopher Biggins. And we've had Lulu. And they've uh, uh, and as always, you've been voting on your texts and your tweets which one you would like to see me break the leg off. And the winner is... Oh, it's David. David, step forward. 
how do you feel? Well, I feel privileged. I've had a long career, <laughs> and uh, this is something that it's sort of one show's version of starring a reasonably priced car that yeah. Top Gear used to do. Yeah, and so they have a leaderboard. In a reasonably strong leg brace. Yeah, with a hammer. And they uh, <laughs> they just they sort of clamp his leg to a table, and as the credits roll, yeah, Baker. You know what it's like in misery when Kathy Bates breaks James Calm's yeah. legs. It's, yeah. it's sensational to watch because yeah. the bo- the lower end of the leg just flops around. Yeah, of course. So yeah, Matt Baker, he's fucking firm. He's got that Mr. Nice Guy thing, but because he's from a rural and agricultural background, you know what people like that well, are like. Of course, they, they'll, they'll, they'll snap an animal's neck. Yeah, the you know, like night. if you're driving along with someone who's from the country mm. and those country ways, and you clip a fox mm. or a pheasant. Yeah, and if you were an urbanite like me, yeah. you'd just like start crying, wet your pants, yeah. call your mum, shit yourself, drive They've off as fast as you in can. The boot, haven't they? They're out. Sometimes they don't. Even, the animal doesn't even have to be that badly injured. Just a bit of a limp. They just stop the car calmly. They don't say where. They get out. They get their fucking crowbar out. Yeah, and they stand there. Sometimes rage just bashing the brains out <laughs> of this poor, mildly injured animal. They yeah. and once they smash it, its brains are spilling out on the road. They get back in and just go. It was the humane thing to yeah. do. And then they keep driving. And I think, I don't know, like Roy Keane once said, villages can be strange places. <laughs> and that's what village and country folk are like. Yeah. And I'm not judging them. I mean, that's just their way. Exactly. I'm sure we've got people exactly. listening now who are from that sort of rural background. And Nodding their heads vigorously. Yeah, they're they tougher. Said, yes, Like finally. me, you know, fucking hell, I'm not used to seeing many animals out and about. Yeah, and and liberal, I wouldn't... Yeah, I'm too, exactly. I'm too busy drinking cappuccinos, eating yeah. my avocados and fucking crying about, you know, microaggressions towards mm. the transgender community. Yeah. And if I see an injured animal, I just cry. I just cry and cry and cry. No, because I'm too distraught emotionally. I can't take it. Um, but your Matt, what's his name? Said this world. What's he called? Matt. Matt Baker. Matt Baker. Nice guy. If you if you saw us both, you'd think I was the cunt. But in actual fact, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you'd think Matt's the nice one. But yeah. if you saw us in a situation where David Attenborough wanted his legs breaking, uh, yeah. let me tell you, it'd be Cardle who'd step up and fucking break Matt, those Matt legs. Matt Baker, not Matt Cardle. Oh no, he's, That's a he won the podcast. X Factor. Oh no, I'm getting muddled up because <laughs> Matt Baker did once break Matt Cardle's legs as oh, well right. on the one show, and uh, yeah, he'd step straight up. He'd do it without blinking, without thinking. He'd do it to yeah. anyone, any yeah. national treasure. Yeah. Um, Dave Prowse. Yeah. What Darth Vader? Yeah. Yeah, he'd do it to him. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the biggest man I could think of and whether uh, Baker would break his leg. Kenny Baker, who Kenny played R2-D2. Yeah, of. his little legs, broken. <laughs> Anywhere in between, yeah. legs broken. A- a- any, any national treasure. Yvette Fielding. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. Um, Camilla Parker-Bowles. Kenny Lynch. Kenny Lynch, Jimmy Tarbuck. All of them. Fucking the lot. No one said the governess off of The Chase yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. a Celebrity. The beast off of The Chase. <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Blobby. Everyone. Ben Shepard. Oh. He'd fucking enjoy doing Shepard, wouldn't he? He would, because they're in, sort in of rivals. There's yeah. rivals. But fucking dreams Shepard's Shepard. legs would be hard to break because they are extremely muscular. Yeah. So it would be a big undertaking. But yeah. if anyone's up to it, it's Baker. It might take five minutes, but he'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> he'd do it in the Friday episode that goes on for an hour. Yeah, but I think... Didn't Chris Evans used to present that he one? He did that for a bit, then he got bored. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Like he does. I don't think Evans would be a good leg breaker anyway. I wouldn't. He get someone else to do it for Yeah. Him. Like Will the Student or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, one of, one one of, of his sidekicks. Fucking possible. Holly Hot Lips. Yeah. This, this is it! it. 
Right, well, we've run out of time. Um, what happens in the end uh, of Manchester this season? Manchester United won it pretty much on the last day. Cristiano Ronaldo scored 31 goals. Manchester United then beat Chelsea in the Champions League final, which we're contractually obliged to not speak about because yeah. this is a Premier League podcast. I do remember that. Uh, Derby County went down on 11 points, which is a record low. Uh, Paul Jill was in charge at the end, which kind of comes full circle from Weird. the whole... Yeah. Whatever it was we were talking about earlier on. And so minus, in, the, in next in next week's episode, does Chris Hutchins take I over Derby? Does, yeah, <laughs> for twelve games. <laughs> for right. Twelve games, and they had a minus sixty nine goal difference. So that's quite fucking eye opening. Now, it? yeah. Um, other notes that I've got. Nah, there's nothing really much to talk about. Fulham were five points adrift of safety with three matches to go, uh, with Roy Hodgson in charge, and they were two 0 down at Man City. Twenty minutes to go, they won that three two, and that sparked their their revival and escape. And it was Birmingham who went down and Reading as well. Birmingham won 4-1 on the last day of the season. Reading won 4-0 on the last day of the season. They both went down because Fulham beat Portsmouth 1-0. Sickening that, isn't it? It is sickening, That's yeah. football for you, though. That's football, folks. And uh, that's 2007-2008. We'll be back with a Friday episode in a couple of days. Next week, we're putting the Premier League seasons on ice again. And we're going to deep dive into Kevin Keegan for about a year. So brace yourselves for that, fuckers. Bye. infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart a better formula for formula learn more at byheart.com